is what you were made to do. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> if anybody could see, I did the thing that he did. And, yeah. Uh, what movie was that? Was that something 60 seconds? Gone in 60, Gone in 60 seconds? seconds? Yeah, okay. it might have been it. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he's crazy. Well, welcome, everyone, to Donna Martin Graduates, the podcast. For the love of 90210, the podcast. Oh, we're just going to keep saying that, huh? <laughs> we are. In case you don't know what you're doing, this is a podcast. It's a podcast where we sing things. Sometimes. And we are recording at the Old Osh Hotel, which is right down the street from the Bell Osh Hotel. In a seedier part of Beverly Hills. And we can't get anyone to deliver us. What? Deliver. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get anyone to deliver to us. How about that? <laughs> and I'm not sure whose hair that is. Uh, I just vomited in my mouth. Yuck. Um, I am one of your hosts, Andrea, not Andrea. And I'm your other host, Kelly, also not Andrea. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about episode seven, which is called Higher Education. And first off, guys, I can't with this version of the peach pit. It is so green and so peach and oh, so ugly. But we're going to start there, where Brandon, of course, is hard at work, busting tables, and he's also reading from a textbook. Now, I know every job I've ever had has always been super accepting of studying on the clock. Not. Mm. He spots his teacher at the end of the counter and tells him he was just studying for his test. The teacher is very gray-haired, eating his dinner in a suit and tie, and I'm trying to decide what is more dated, teaching in a suit or eating in one. Brandon tells him history. He must be a history teacher, otherwise this conversation would be weird. History is his favorite subject, and the teacher asks him for more horseradish. Seriously. Being teachers in public is super awkward for both parties, especially when one of the parties is a kiss-ass. <coughs> Brandon. Are you okay? Um, yeah, I got that out. Okay, good. So apparently liking something doesn't mean that you are necessarily good at it. It doesn't? Like, it doesn't. It's like, take me for instance, I love to sing. And I'm not selling out any concert venues. I know you're surprised to hear that. I am. I'm <laughs> shocked. My husband so kindly howls whenever I sing in the car and we're together. So that kind of tells you how things go for me. <laughs> I just feel like I'm unappreciated in my own time. But anyhow, that's been my long way of saying that even though Brandon likes history, he still got a C on his history test. So apparently he's not a good employee or a good student. <laughs> Mr. Denzel, the history teacher, uh, today is wearing a navy suit and an orange dress shirt. Oh, Jesus. He's wearing an orange dress shirt <laughs> and tie. And I feel like he's like, go Bears. Go team, go. And he explains that he grades on a curve. So 10% of the students get A's and 10% get F's. And the other 80%, yeah, 80%. Good math. It's C's. Now so I have a question. No B's or D's, apparently. Why are we starting a new class? Where are we? What semester is this? We just go for three weeks and we started a new class. Because I'm like, like this is the first time he's ever heard this information. Mm -hmm. This is the first test he's had in this entire thing. But then the guy continues to say that you'll have one of these every Friday. So mm -hmm. obviously it must be new in class. They must do blocks. They're progressive there in the 90s in Beverly Hills. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Anyway, go on. Uh, so everybody else gets C's. He says they're mediocre. And Steve in his plaid pants and coral sweatshirt, uh, he got an A somehow. And Donna makes the comment about how he's good in history, but bad in everything else. 
And I'm guessing she means like bed, but she's a virgin, so probably not. <laughs> uh, he's also not good at matching his clothes because that sweatshirt and those pants look horrendous together. It's not a good look. In journalism class, Andrea reminds Brandon about the impending due date of his swim team work. He tells her that he's got too many tests to study for. Welcome to West Beverly, Andrea says condescendingly. He throws out that she doesn't have a job and she reports that she runs the paper. First off, is she spending a lot of her personal time working on the paper? I mean, I remember our newspaper editors, and I can't say that they struck me as burning the candle at both ends. No. No offense, guys. I'm probably going to see you at the reunion, so we loved everything you did, though. Yes. Yes, we did. By a strength. <laughs> um, she finally relents, and she says that she'll give the assignment to someone else, chalk up another one for the ripped white dude entitlement, and she That's also- like 90. Right, now. right. <laughs> she also says that he's just mad that he got a C, freaking loser. She doesn't say that the, that last part, obviously, but you can totally see it in her eyes. Andrea then offers to help Brandon study for the next test because she managed to, of course, get an A because she's not a loser. And Dylan is still ooh on the TLC tip. In Don't his... go chasing waterfalls. He's probably not because he's wearing overalls and it's hard to do that when you're wearing overalls. Yeah. And Kelly says, what I wouldn't give to go out with Dylan McKay. And we all know the answer is your best friend, Kelly. That's what you give to go out with Dylan McKay. Yes. Uh, Brenda said that she's heard he's trouble, as all the best ones are. Yes. And they approach him seemingly with this week's lunchtime poll. Uh, and <laughs> Kelly wants to know if guys prefer long or short hair. And Dylan doesn't even answer the freaking question. He says, I like blondes. <laughs> did you not pay attention to that very simple question dylan nope i still love you i don't even know why we do these damn polls anyway the shannon doherty movie right yeah. right okay good got it he then asks brenda if she is brandon's sister and they stare at each other for a very long uncomfortable time mm -hmm. and kelly also clearly becomes uncomfortable and i think that's just because nobody says anything about her awesome brooch that she's wearing with a blazer. Blazer! blazer. Uh, Cindy catches Brenda fussing in front of the mirror and tells her that she's beautiful. And Brenda responds, not California beautiful. I teeter between thinking, that's right, you're a fierce woman. Embrace your confidence and, ugh, shut up, Brenda. I'm just like, shut up, Brenda. Yeah. Brenda also fails to mention that she was daydreaming about having long, wavy blonde hair and using it to attract Dylan. But can I just say, that montage there of her little fantasy that blonde hair was not a good look for her it was very madonna yeah and it was like entirely made out of broom bristles and just frizz yes yes it was that andrea whose name jim and cindy actually pronounce correctly and brandon are studying and brandon asks a study question Andrea answers it, and Brandon, of course, has to mansplain the answer, only to, of course, be completely wrong, as most mansplainers are. Let us know if you're a mansplainer. I would like to mansplain something to you. Jim, Brandon's, of course, biggest cheerleader, tells Andrea that she's in luck because Brandon's best subject is history. Andrea doesn't correct him because she's a better person than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, listen here, Jimbo. I'm helping the Brainiac here because he got a C on his test. But again, tell me how lucky I am. Parents love me. I can see that. Yeah. Brandon is upset, of course, that a girl is smarter than him. Picks a fight with Andrea and then is shocked when she leaves. Like, was it his snazzy vest? 
Brandon, of course, gets another C on the test, so Steve offers to let him join his study group, and I'm going to use that word in air quotes, <laughs> study group. Very loose, yes. To be clear, Steve's study group consists of Steve and a pool float. I mean, that's an excellent study group. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, Brandon quizzes him, but Steve says that he doesn't need to know that information. And Steve tells Brandon that he's a good guy and then says, I don't tell many people that. Uh, is that because you're never actually with any friends, Steve? Like other people? So Brandon comparatively is a good guy based off of no one. <laughs> and then Brandon reciprocates the sentiment. You know, except for the cheating and the racism and the mullet, all of those things. But you're a good guy, Steve. Uh, the next day, Brandon notices that the questions Steve told him to study are the exact questions on the quiz and very loudly accuses Steve of stealing the test. <laughs> and I'm beginning to think that Brandon has one volume and that is loud because he's just loud in everything he does. Yes. Even kissing. Yes. And Steve is offended that Brandon doesn't just think that he's smart and psychic, apparently. <laughs> and once back at Steve's mansion, Steve admits he stole the test and shows Brandon the next week's quiz, promising they will not get caught. That's who you should trust. A cheater. And then Brandon finally relents and says, it's just one quiz, right? And chalk up another point under, is Brandon really the good guy on this show? The answer is no. There are no good guys. Nope. No good guys. Brenda is styling her hair in the school bathroom, and Kelly and Donna criticize her and then give her the name of a stylist who could help change her look. They are very subtle, as most mean girls are. Frenemies. You know what those are. Of course, Brenda can't afford the stylist, and then looking in the mirror, Donna realizes that she has both contacts in one eye. I don't know if I would trust any advice that she gives you. Also, who in the writer's room thought, you know what we should do? Make the boss's daughter dumb. I mean, give me a break. I mean, Tori spelling is kind of flaky and floaty flighty, but, I mean, two contacts in one eye? Have you ever done that? No. <laughs> okay. I, I you on. can't prove that I have. <laughs> I move on. Brandon aces the quiz, and the whole class claps for him because that's what high schoolers do, cheer on those who excel academically and screw up the curve. Yep, me too. Clap, 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 you son of a bitch. <laughs> Audrey asks Brandon if they can try studying together again, but Brandon declines because, of course, he's a cheater. Meanwhile, Brenda catches Kelly and Dylan flirting in the hall and begs Cindy to give her the money to go get her hair done. Cindy, of course, tells her no while cutting up fruit, but reminds her again how beautiful she is. Actually, I mean, let's think about that for a hot minute, that she's going to the wrong parent. She should have went to Jim. You just give her the money and not That's how we know that they are actually rich. The abundance of fruits in their house. Fresh fruit is expensive. They said it in the first episode. And they use it like decorating tiaras. <laughs> <laughs> I love tiaras. I do too. We should get some. We should. That's why I, I think God didn't give me a girl. Because he knew that I would be toddlers and tiaring up in that shit. We could bedazzle our uh, headphones, <laughs> like having the tiara. <laughs> no. Mm, they may do something with the electrical stuff. I don't know. Okay. So the Walsh family all fawn over Brandon's A, while, Brand while Brenda refers to the history teacher as a Nazi. If only she knew what the future would hold with all of the Nazis. Yep. She then gets angry at Brandon because Dylan likes blondes, and Brandon's like, what the f*** is happening here? 
and then tells her he needs to study because he can't deal with her level of crazy. And then Brandon takes a break from his studies to go to the peach pit where he runs into Mr. Denzel, of course, and tells him what a horrible, ineffective teacher he is before having absolutely no consequences. Yeah, like, I mean, telling off a teacher in, in a public place because, and he's being loud about it. I it's mean, the only volume he has. <laughs> I mean, give me a break here, dude. He just gets to yell at everybody and nobody ever gets in trouble for it. Nope. The next day, Brandon decides that he's going to use a cheat sheet, but he gets caught by Andrea because she's staring at him because that's what she does. Dun, dun, dun. And at yet another barbecue at the Walsh's, Kelly congratulates Brandon on his quiz grade. And of course, Jim has to heap on the praise as well. And Brandon obviously feels guilty. So he just asks everybody to stop. And I agree. Not because he cheated, but because it's like one quiz. He got an A on one quiz and C on everything else. So maybe we should all just calm down. Right. And then Kelly remarks that she just appreciates the fact that they're all talking to each other. Issues. And those issues will come to light in next week's episode. They will. Fuck your face. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> Me? No, no, the other Kelly. The oh. Excited about her issues. <laughs> oh, okay. We can be excited about my issues, too. Okay. There are many. So now we're in the universal bathroom where Kelly is instructing Brenda on the finer art of home hair color. She's mixed two colors together, and whatever she's shaking sounds like water. So I'm assuming that this will all go well. I've never, ever mixed two colors in a home hair color bottle before. No. That just seems weird to me. Um, to top it off, she tells Brenda that she has to leave the color on all night as she literally shakes the color on top of Brenda's head. Now, we've both colored our hair for quite some time. I'm a natural blonde. I'm naturally glitter sparkly right now. Um, but I have never left hair color on my hair all friggin' night. Like, uh, how did she not wake up bald? That's a very good question, because I left it on, I did my natural blonde roots, or regrowth, whatever you want to call it, yeah. a couple weekends ago, and I left it on for 20 minutes too long, and as I was running the shampoo through my, or running my fingers through my hair with the shampoo later, I just pulled out giant clumps. So, and that awesome. was 20 extra minutes. Anyway. Needless to say, we hear Brenda screaming in the morning, oh my god, and it is not a good, oh my god. Uh, over the theme from Psycho, well-played music people, uh, I wonder how much that costs to use that theme. The That's probably more than we can afford. Yeah, 15 seconds. Her hair has taken on a trapezoid shape and is mm -hmm. a myriad of colors, none of which trapezoid and myriad, I love it, with those big words. Uh, none of which actually occur in nature. Jim and Cindy are obviously shocked by Brenda's hair and her tapestry skirt, but <laughs> Brenda convinces them to just be supportive. And of course, she has that wonderful hat with the big sunflower on it that helped hide those things. Awesome. Uh, at school, Dylan tells Brandon that Denzel is retiring, but he's keeping it quiet. And did Dylan and Denzel talk about this while they were thrift shopping together? Denzel buying a suit from the 70s and 80s, and Dylan, Dylan, <laughs> Dylan buying his plaid pajama pants. And Steve hunts Brandon down to try to convince him to cheat on the midterm, but Brandon refuses. Is cheating Beverly Hills version of MLM? I mean, does Steve get like a free moisturizer if Brandon cheats? Why is he so insistent on this? I mean, why is he so invested? He doesn't want to be the only one. I guess. 
Uh, Brandon, in turn, hunts Andrea down just to explain things, but he ends up telling her that she's judgmental. Like, it's a bad thing. Judgmental is my favorite way to be. I know. And, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Denzel hasn't completely overlooked Brandon's tirade as he makes a point to call him out in class when he can't answer a discussion question. To be fair, Brandon deserved far worse than that. And the answer was chocolate cake. Everyone knows that. Wait, we're in history class. How is the answer chocolate cake? Chocolate cake is always the answer. Oh. Is it from Portillo's? Uh, I haven't had Portillo's chocolate cake yet, so I can't tell you. Oh, if you get to go to the movies today. I haven't talked about that with my husband yet, so let's not put it on the podcast. Well, you you have already gone. True, good point. So, when you go to the movies today, go go to the Davenport Cinema. Generally, they have better popcorn. So, go gear off the other way, off the interstate, and go to Portillo's and get a piece of chocolate cake. You will not be sorry, and you will thank me. All right. Tune in next week for my decision on the chocolate cake. (laughs) I know everybody's going to be really (laughs) waiting in breath. Uh, At Casa Walsh, Brenda gets lectured rather forcefully by Cindy on how naturally beautiful she is, all while Cindy sports a perm that is desperately holding on. She's a good judge of beauty. She is. Steve, meanwhile, makes a stop by the Peach Pit to make sure Brandon isn't going to turn him in. Steve tries to convince Brandon that everyone cheats, and he's got to decide if he wants to get on board the cheat train. Boop, boop. It's kind of like the soul train, but instead of dancing, they cheat, obviously. (laughs) He then hands Brandon a copy of the midterm. How many copies of this does he have? I mean, this must be at the level where he gets a Mercedes. MLM. Uh Uh-huh. Um, did he go to the library and pay a dime per page to make copies for this stuff? I had to do that in college. I had to pay a dime for every copy I wanted to take out of a textbook. Oh. Just in case you were wondering where that reference came from. <laughs> That's, I didn't do that. That's probably why I didn't do a roll out there. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the shift, Brandon finds Mr. Denzel outside waiting for the auto club to change his tire. Of course, Brandon, the ever-resourceful Midwesterner, knows how to change a flat. And Mr. Denzel really tugs at our heartstrings here that explains that his suits, the reason why he wears them is because his wife picked them all out before she died. And that's why he can't get rid of them. Remember that there are no real villains in Beverly Hills. As Brandon is bent down, the midterm falls out of his back pocket, and Mr. Denzel hands it back without even looking at it, as you should. Exactly. Mind your own business. Mind your own business. And Brandon is then studying at the library. And Andrea's there studying as well, so he decides to beat a dead horse and confront Andrea about her anger at his cheating. Beat that dead horse. She literally got a C because you cheated, Brandon. She's justified in her anger. Right. He tells her that she treats him like they're in a relationship, and suddenly she's the bad guy. I mean, how do men do that? I mean, it's a dick move, Brandon. But why do they make us be the guilty ones? We have good hearts. No, that's not it. At least not for me. (laughs) Brenda decides to go for literally the only jog we ever see her on. Oh, my God. Sorry. It's chaos and pandemonium in the podcast room. That really got my goat. Um, Okay, first off, you said got my goat. Are you, like, 74? (laughs) Did you go shopping with Mr. Denzel, too? I might have. You don't know. (laughs) Why? Okay, she's going jogging. And first she had a hat. And Cindy made her leave it. But 
She didn't pull her hair up or anything. She's just running with her hair down. Do people do that? Because anytime I go walking or I semi sort of run sometimes, I have to put my hair up. Otherwise, it gets all stuck to the back of my neck and I feel gross. She doesn't ever feel gross. She is a wonderful woman and she's beautiful and gorgeous. Did you not miss the 40 minutes before this talking about that? That's what happens to beautiful people. They don't have to pull their hair in ponytails while they run. Whatever. The natural wind just blows it back as they go and you get to see their beautiful faces. I don't know. I don't run. I don't agree with this. Anyway, go on. I run to chocolate cake. Um, so what were we talking about? So she, oh, she goes, she goes on literally the only jog we've ever seen her on. And Dylan rides by on his motorcycle. And he recognizes her and turns around. And let me tell you, nothing has ever looked as good as Dylan swinging his leg over the seat of his bike and pulling his helmet off. Yummy, yummy. And he asks Brenda about her hair and reveals that he actually likes blondes, brunettes, and redheads. And I'm one of those, so yay! And depending on the week, I could be any one of those. (laughs) And he says that he's got a stylist friend that owes him a favor. And did Dylan just smolder someone to death for him? That's all I can think of. (laughs) And Brenda says, oh, I like your butt. I mean bike. One of her only endearing moments. And 14-year-old me screamed out, me too, I like your butt and your bike. I didn't like his bike. No, that's a... Motorcycles are dangerous. Death cycle. So Brandon returns home from the library and confronts his parents about their expectations for him. Damn you, Jim and Cindy. What were you thinking for being proud of your children and wanting them to succeed? Suddenly this is an ASMR video. I'm whispering and you're confronted. (laughs) Also, no consequences for the ugly tirade yet again. I mean, God, if I talk to my parents the way that Brandon... Goes off on Jim and Cindy, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten a smack to the face. Just saying. Somebody would have broken out the wooden spoon. Something. At school the next day, Brandon and Andrea apologized to each other in a really awkward exchange where they refer to themselves in the third person, as most people do in Beverly Hills, I guess. I don't know why they did that. Mr. Denzel has everyone rip up their midterms, and the look of panic on Steve's face was priceless. Um, He instead asks them to answer an essay question, and Brandon is actually prepared. Amazing how that works. Uh, He turns in his test, and he and Mr. Denzel share a moment about Mr. Denzel's dead wife, prompting Brandon to refer to himself again in the third person. And the episode ends, and we never see Mr. Denzel again. But Brandon is not done referring to himself in the third person. And is Steve ever really done with cheating? No. Both in school and in life and on girls. (laughs) Oh, Steve. (laughs) You thought that that was cute. (laughs) Steve is a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Yeah, he's a punk. So that's the end of that episode. And Brandon failed to score yet again. Yeah, no girlfriends for Brandon this week, unless you count his interaction with Andrea. was kind of like having a relationship, a normal one. Kind of, but he yelled at her that they were, in fact, not a couple, so I'm guessing that means no. We cannot put her up on his list. Okay, we won't. And on the uh, list of issues issues of the week, week, we will add cheating and crimes against fashion. Oh, good ones, good ones. But can we call the crime against fashion when he's doing it? For an endearing reason. I suppose, but what do we call Brenda's hair? Oh. Um, I got nothing because that was bad. 
don't know. That's just what I thought. But I mean, it's fine. So kids, if you're listening to this podcast, this is probably a little mature for you. (laughs) Don't cheat on stuff. Ask for help. Somebody will help you. Cheating gets you nowhere. Unless you're Steve. Well, is your name Steve? Do you have a blonde mullet? If so, then feel free to cheat. If you're anybody else, then don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We we deliver life lessons. We do. We talk about a TV show. We make jokes at people's expense. And then we teach life lessons. We do. We are a very well-rounded podcast. Yes, we are. So did you have, how was your week, by the way? Was your week good? <laughs> no. You had a life lesson yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. Involving a BMW. Oh. I figured, oh. So, yeah. So we, um, well, Andrea found some Beverly Hills 90210 Barbie dolls that were originally released in the 90s. And so obviously we had to have them and they were on a swap site. And so uh, we coordinated or she coordinated a meeting with the woman at 5 p.m. And so I called both of my children in my car and went to meet at the designated location and five o'clock rolled around. No woman. 510 rolled around. No woman. And at that point, she said she was like eight minutes away, I think. Yep, she did. A 518 rolled around, no woman. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then... Now, mind you, she is the one who said that she wanted to meet at five. five, Yes. And we had to meet in this other town um, because that's where she was. And so, I mean, we totally accommodated the same. Yes, we did. And she finally showed up at 525 and pulled in next to me. And she was driving a BMW, of course, because we all know my theories about people who drive BMWs. They are giant douchebags. And clearly she is not helping the case. She gets out of the car and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it was 530 for some reason. And I was like, no, it was five. And then I handed her the money and she handed me the contraband and I put it in the back of my car and then I got in my car and left and I felt cheap and dirty. And I'm assuming like what my parents felt, well, what my mother felt like when she got that Cabbage Patch doll for me from the back of a trunk in a parking lot in 1985. (laughs) But don't be a Megan and don't be a BMW driver. Show up to appointments that you set on time, people. Yes. But the point of that story is we did get, we got Brenda, Dylan, and Brandon. I'm not sure what we're going to do with them, but I'm going to write them off on my taxes at the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) For business expenses. There you go. Can I talk about the other life lesson I learned last week? Yes, please do. So you guys were wondering the liquid inside Glow necklaces is non-toxic. Yeah, that's a life lesson. And I discovered that after giving $200 for my deductible to the hospital. Because, so the story goes that we had glow necklaces the previous night on the trampoline so that we could see the kids. And obviously we took my youngest away because he has autism. So we didn't want him to chew on that because that's his thing. 
well, his brother was at play practice and he was playing in his brother's room and we scooted him out of there as soon as possible. But apparently in the meantime, he had found his glow necklace and brought it into to his own bedroom with him. And I'm sitting on my iPad getting my blog ready for the next day. Sacrifices I make for you guys. And he comes walking out and all I can smell is this chemical smell all over him. And he keeps pulling on my hand, wanting me to go back into his bedroom with him. And he's like rubbing his stomach. So I can't figure out what's going on. And so I'm <laughs> screaming at my husband to ask him if he knows what the smell is. And he's like, no, I have no idea. So I follow him into the bedroom. And sure enough, there are a bunch of bite marks on the glow necklace and there's no liquid inside of it. And so my first thought is he has ingested all of this. So my husband comes and smells his breath, says it does smell like the same thing. So I'm like, we got to get to the emergency room. And that's how rational I was. So I ran upstairs and I got dressed and I came back downstairs and my husband wasn't dressed. I'm like, what are you doing? We got to go to the hospital. He's like, oh, you want me to go with you? And I said, <laughs> of course I do. He's like, well, who's going to pick Brady up? And I said, well, you can leave if we have to. And then you can go get Brady when it's time. But I need you to come to the hospital with me. And he's like, oh, okay, well, let me go get dressed. And mind you, my husband hangs around in the house. You've seen him. He wears shorts and a t-shirt to hang around the house. So yep. he could very well have left and gone to the hospital in, in the outfit he was wearing. Apparently those were not made for Those were not his hospital shorts, apparently. <laughs> so he goes upstairs to get ready. And I take Patrick and put him in the car. And I'm sitting there waiting, like, freaking out because all I have in my head is that I'm going to take him to the hospital and they're going to have to pump his stomach. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't wait. So I start, I pull into the street and then I start honking and then he comes out onto the porch and I see him open the door and like lean in like he's, he's locking the door. Well, then I see him open the door and walk back inside the house. And I'm like, what the bleep is he doing? <laughs> and so he comes back out onto the porch and he's now wearing a hat. So all I'm thinking is His this hair was a mess. The son of a bitch had to go back inside to get a hat to go to the hospital. And he's standing there locking the door and it's like taking him forever. So I roll down the window and I scream at him to find his own effing ride to the hospital. And then I leave him there on the porch. And then the hospital's not that far from the house. So I'm doing literally like 60 through my neighborhood. So thank God there were no cops. And I get walk into the emergency room with Patrick, who, mind you, is just like, do-do-do, do-do-do. And the lady opens the door, the receptionist, and asks me what, you know, what's wrong. And I tell, him, tell her I need the doctor. And I am fine as far as speaking to this point. I haven't become a sobbing mess yet. And the minute I have to tell her what is going on, I start sobbing. And she can't understand a word that I'm saying. You needed Chris to be your interpreter. Exactly. That's why I wanted him to come with. And so finally they figure it out. And the uh, there's a nurse in the reception room. And she's like, oh, I'm pretty sure that stuff's non-toxic. I'm like, are you kidding me? She's like, well, we should probably just make sure, you know, just in case. But, yeah, I think it's non-toxic, like crayons and stuff like that, just in case kids in ingest it. Did you call poison control? Clearly this is not the face of somebody who's called poison control and talked to somebody who knows something. And so she, she takes us back and she's trying to do Patrick's vitals, like get his, his respiration and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, why is nobody else panicking? <laughs> Somebody freak out. We got to pump his stomach. Somebody help me. And then Chris comes walking in. <laughs> Clearly he found a ride. And the nurses are like, dude, you're wearing you this? Your wife. <laughs> So we finally get back to the room. They decide that they're just not going to bother with Patrick's vitals. <laughs> and then we get back to the room. And the doctor comes in right away. 
and he's, you know, talking to us and finds out, you know, all of the pertinent information. And then the nurse comes in and says, well, I just got off the phone with poison control. And they said, it's fine. He doesn't just drink a lot of water, no medicine or anything. You can go ahead and release him. And the doctor's like, oh, well, that's great news. Hold on for the uh, people who get you all registered. And then registration came in. It took us longer to get registered. And the doctor was with us. And then it cost me $200. Then my husband asked if we could use that $200 to check myself in for my blood pressure. <laughs> so the point of that story is, one, our healthcare system is screwed up because it cost me $200 for 10 minutes with the doctor. And that's with insurance. And two, the liquid in a glow necklace is non-toxic. So drink away, folks. Drink away. I have questions, though. I wonder, yes. does it, does it uh, when it comes out? Does it make your stuff glow? Uh, no, because we still have to change poopy diapers, so there was no, okay. no glowing in the poop. I gotcha. I just wondered. And they said really the only thing we had to worry about was vomit, and he never vomited, so hmm. we were good to go. Okay. Not really. Everybody has turned off the podcast again. No, they haven't. I did not have that much of an exciting week, so, I mean. Well, do you have any uh, pop culture recommendations? Um, Yes. So I, oh, so the new season of Great British Baking Show has started on Netflix. I did see that on Twitter. Uh, however. It's only one show, right? They're one episode? only doing an episode a week. They're doing it in so time as, it. as it's being released over in England. This really hurts me. I, I felt really weird just watching one episode. It was totally bizarre. Can't you just wait till the end and watch all of them? I don't want to wait that long. Oh, all right. That's that's like asking a lot. All right, Brenda. Um, and then my a podcast recommendation I have is the podcast called Book of Lies. Oh yes, we're we're following them yes. on Twitter. They are uh, two sisters, I yep. think, and they just pick different topics um, of that are. It's basically about scams and lies and um, cheating and being shady and different things like that. This one this week was about all sorts of different ones, like, you know, people calling and um, wanting your social or needing your social security number because the IRS is calling oh, yeah, you yeah. about whatever. And, um, and that the only way you can pay the IRS to release your social security number is to, of course, go to Walmart and get a gift card or something bizarre because like that. Because that's what the IRS wants, or right. Walmart and gift cards. <laughs> So they do a lot of, they do really good research and it's very interesting podcast. Uh, they also enjoy some cocktails while they record, which That's is what awesome. Doing. We're totally not doing that. We should, I think. I mean, I just have tea and water today. I have nothing. Maybe next week. Maybe. Maybe Get some wine week. and enjoy some wine with our nine. Two, two, two and oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be my only, uh, my child got braces this week. That was a big to do. That was expensive. Yeah. $5,000 in my life. I'll never get back. Nice. Hopefully he, he better wear his retainer. Cause I didn't wear my retainer. He's like, I don't care what my, what my teeth look like. Why do I have to get braces? And I said, because I care about what your teeth look like. I hate my smile. I hate that I didn't wear my retainer. And every time I go to the dentist or go to the orthodontist with Alex, they always tell me, you know, we could do yours too and you know get you a nice smile that'd be great and I'll accept that the two consults that I've had um they inform me that they need to break my jaw to in order to realign and reset everything and I'm not down for that no gross 
Yeah, I'm not down for that. Yeah, I don't know why you purposely get your bra joke. Your bra joke. My bra joke. It's a whole different podcast. Your bra is joking. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I have some wonky teeth. I just well, I just choose to smile either with my mouth closed or I do my where you don't see where my wonky teeth are. Why do you smile? What is there to be so smiley about? Sometimes there you, is. Have you met the president? I mean, do you know what's happening right now? <laughs> yes. You probably smile because of all of the funny things that we say in this podcast. I do giggle a lot, I think. I don't know. Anyway, not just, that you guys just see my smile. I'll I'll work on a I'll, I'll give examples of my smile. The the eh, smile and then the surprise. Hey, I'm having fun smile. But you won't see my teeth either one. All right. So anyway. looking forward to that. I, think. I bet. I'm gonna get lots of letters. I just get Instagram, guys. Get my get my letters. Go. Oh, Patrick is angry about something. Oh. That's okay. Hear him. So he what probably is... he probably wants more doratos. Oh. And he can't have them. Can't, can't have them. <laughs> Until he finishes the rest of his dinner. Oh. <laughs> um <sighs> G. Okay, I'm good now. Look at my sneeze. <laughs> um, do you have any pop culture you sneeze? I will just say when I sneeze, I sneeze like a goddamn woman. <laughs> Not like a little girl. I'm like, hachoo! And everywhere. And you're like, hachoo! That's how a I woman sneezes? Yep, that's how a goddamn woman sneezes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I do have some pop culture things. Okay. Um, I did not go see a movie this week. Yet. Yet. So I can't talk about that, but I did break my own rule, and I listened to Man in the Window, which is a podcast about the Golden State Killer. Uh-huh. It's been recommended on several of the other podcasts that I've listened to. Um, crazy up there. And uh, it is, basically, they not only talk about uh, D'Angelo, I can't remember his first name, uh, but the person who is accused of being the Golden State Killer they killer. they talk about uh, they actually do like interviews and talk about the victims, which is nice. I mean, they go in depth on like the victims themselves, and they have actual interviews with them and and things like that, and just the aftermath of what has happened to them. Have you read um, Michelle McNamara's book, I'll Be Gone in the Dark? I have not. I have it on Audible. I'll see if I can share it with. You. Okay, but it's really good, yeah. and it goes into a lot of in depth things about the up too. It was a very yeah. well written book. Yeah, I mean it's it, the it flows really well. I mean it's very obviously very well researched. Um it gives both side of it and goes in like I said into depth about the victims and not just about him. So I mean the episodes went really quickly. I think I listened to all of them in a day, maybe a day and a half at work. So and then I started The Teacher's Pet, which is the Australian podcast. Um, that's also been heavily recommended. I think there's a show about that on Hulu too. Oh, is there? I have I to look that up. I'll check um, it out. And it is it, it's good as well. Obviously, I love Australian accents, but my observation is, and I hopefully we don't listen or lose any Australian <laughs> viewers or listeners for this. The accent makes them sound like they're asking questions all the time, like their inflection. It always goes up at the end. And so <laughs> that was just one thing I noticed. Oh. Australian listeners, do you notice that about yourselves? Don't hate <laughs> on us, please. We love you. I love your accents. Um, I mean, it's a great podcast, too, but I feel like there's a lot of repetition. And going through the comments on the reviews, that's what a lot of people say. I mean, I think it's like 
14 episodes and probably could really be about seven and still give the same amount of information. So, but otherwise, I mean, it's good right now. I'm on episode nine. Um, so that's a little slower listen just because I feel like I need to do a murder board with it to understand who all these people are. Murder board. Yeah. That's it for me. That's all I've got. I'm trying to see if I can find it. Oh, no, take your time. This is great. This is great. makes for great podcast. Well, I thought you were going <laughs> to talk about Oh, there's some good stuff on Hulu as far as true crime goes. There's a ton of stuff on Hulu for true crime. I didn't realize that there was so much more. Because that's all it recommends to me now. Batman in 90210. Yeah, I didn't realize there was so much more stuff on here. I mean, I've watched some stuff before, but I never realized how much they actually have on here. Um, I can't find it now. Oh, The Monster Squad was put back on Hulu yesterday. I saw that. And so I started watching it last night. Brady wouldn't watch it with me, but I watched it again for the 100th time. And Goonies is on there too right now. Is it? Oh, we've got Goonies on DVD, so. Goonies is on there, and Pretty in Pink is on there. All classics. Yes. There's some good Spaceballs, I think. Yep, Spaceballs is on there. Uh, I will say that there is, some of it I'm like, oh, this is so 80s. Like, they call each other the derogatory word for for homosexual a lot. Oh, yeah. And so now I'm like, oh, oh gosh, why yeah. do you do that? We didn't but know. They didn't. We didn't know better. Then. We were horrible people in the eighties. Yeah, I, it was the decade of of decadence, excess. That's the word. Yeah, it was the decade of excess. Have you ever watched the eighties um, on? That uh, was the CNN. Yep, I watched the nineties last night. Oh, that's I did. Good. And they talked about Beverly Hills nine hundred two one night. Oh my good god, they talked about Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. For roughly 15 seconds. I think I remember that. I yeah, can't. and then they cut right to My So-Called Life, which is also a good show. But they 25 years this year, My So-Called Life. They uh, phrased it as the anti-90210. They said that the people who, your jocks and your cheerleaders were watching 90210 and all of the other outcasts and misfits were watching uh, My So-Called Life, and I watched both of them. So yeah, I'm I not sure what that means both. about me. I was watching both. Darren Starr did say that he wrote 902 or created 90210 to be, how did he phrase it, the teens figuring out their own problems, not constantly needing the parents to step in and take care of their issues for them. It was them dealing with them themselves. I think it's called Killing for Love. Oh, is this about the teacher's pet? Yeah. I think this is the one, but you can watch it and tell me. Sorry, I wasted a lot of time with that. No, I did a really good job filling that time up. You did. All right. So that is this week. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review. We appreciate five stars and nice comments. Not like my husband who said that Kelly girl sounds hot. (laughs) So if you're wondering who wrote that, that was my husband. Well, that was nice of him. It's just always, (laughs) it's like, God, when are you going to hit your, when's your libido going to go down? Jesus. Um, <laughs> um, and we are at, at graduates, Donna on Twitter, uh, Donna Martin graduates podcast on Instagram, Donna Mar- Martin graduates podcast at Gmail. And we have a Facebook page and we have a Facebook page and I started doing a website and it's really hard guys. I can't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's just too hard. It's too hard. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. 
maybe when we become rich, I can pay somebody to create a website for us. Yeah. Although I will pay somebody to edit this motherfucker. One, <laughs> you just got us an explicit content rating. So yesterday, Patrick wore his I Only Listen to Bohemian Rhapsody and My Mom's Podcast shirt to the ballpark, and we got lots of people commenting on it. I feel like I should sell a shirt that says that stuff. There you go. But it cost me a lot of money to make that, so I don't figure, I don't know how I would make a profit. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's buy a screen printer and make our own merch. Yes, we can do that. Anyway, uh, that's all for this week. We'll see you next week with our favorite episode. Perfect mom. Yes. Until then. Bye. It's not about me. <laughs> it's not about Kelly. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye.